Welcome to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Elizabeth. Thanks for joining us today. We're continuing our harvest safety discussion this week by focusing on roadway safety. Um, This always comes up in a few discussions, it seems like, on social media posts or just talking with farmers and those in the ag industry as tractors become a more common sight on the roadway. And we do our best to educate the general public. We do a lot of meetings and social media posts, things like that, to try to get the word out. But they're a harder audience to reach. So it's really important, I think, for farmers that we do the best we can to identify and protect ourselves. And through that, um, we have Dr. D. Jepson and Lisa Piper here with us again this week from the Ag Safety Team to give us some tips that we can use to address and try to mitigate some of the issues that we have on the roadway. So welcome. Um, why don't you introduce yourselves again, just in case we have some new listeners. Go ahead, D. Hi, thanks for having us. Um, roadway safety, that is a very important uh, topic, as you just mentioned. I'm D. Jepson and I am the state agriculture state safety and health leader and work with those Ohio Department of Public Safety. They always contact us, say, how can we get the word out for people that are interacting with ag equipment? So thanks for focusing on this. Um, as the time is about ready to change, Amanda. <laughs> and Lisa's with <laughs> yeah. us today too. I'm Lisa Pfeiffer and I work with Ag Safety and Health Program under D and I do a lot of our outreach education across the state and working with farmers uh, in multiple capacities to stay safe. Dee, you mentioned a moment ago the time change. So that really just ups the hazards that we're seeing on the road is, you know, it's darker now in the morning and it gets darker earlier in the evening. So when we're thinking about moving equipment and things like that, that risk can be higher. Um, Lisa, to start off with, would you like to give us an overview about what some of the the incidents that we have and what the highest risks are when it comes to farm safety here on the road? Yeah, our office um, is tasked with keeping track of, of injury and fatality data in the state. And if we look specifically in turn, uh, our view to what has happened kind of over the course of the past year in the state of Ohio, um, we noticed uh, at harvest season, a um, couple incidents back in October last year during harvest, and um, we've already seen one this year um, with tractors. And, and so tractors being on the roadway is a, is a large concern. We also look at um, ATV use on roadways in particular as uh, being problematic too. Sometimes people don't understand how to use those on a roadway, on a paved road. It's different than um, other areas of the farm. So um, we certainly want to take a look at both of those types of equipment, any type of equipment on the road. But we have seen um, just uh, two and a half weeks ago, we had an incident with a tractor on the roadway and uh, was preparing to make a left-hand turn and a motorcycle went to pass the tractor at the same time and the motorcycle operator lost their life um, in that incident. So um, just making sure that we're taking uh, all the precautions that we can um, and being aware that this this is a time for a higher increase of incidents. 
So there's a few different vehicles that we use around the farm, farm equipment being the obvious one, but also ATVs. One of the implements that we use on the farm frequently uh, are the ATVs or UTVs. Um, they have increased in size where you might be able to have multiple passenger, but those um, vehicles are intended for uh non-paved surfaces, gravel surfaces or dirt. Um, so we just need to be uh, careful and recognize that if we have to use it as a transport vehicle to take somebody to the field or to take uh, supplies or something like that, um, that when we are moving out onto the roadway that the better place for us to be is in the berm of the road. Um, if it's extremely sloped, then you wanna drive on the roadway itself, but traveling at great rates of speed will um, just increase your risk that you you don't want to be doing that. Um, and so, you know, when we look at the Department of Safety statistics on ATVs, it's not really clear whether those are tied to a farm because that's not how they do their data. But what we do see is that when we put these vehicles on a roadway, that we are having incidents um, and it's causing fatality. So we just want to Keep that in our minds, um, making sure that you wear the, the appropriate uh, safety equipment. If you're in a UTV, that you're buckling your seatbelt. Um, if you're on an ATV and you're going to be on a roadway, um, that you put a helmet on your head. Um, all of those things can uh, lessen our risk every time we get on those vehicles or in those vehicles. Those are really good points, Lisa. That's one of the things I think when we started discussing working on this podcast, I didn't even think about ATVs or UTVs because it's it's not something that is at the forefront of our minds always when we think about, you know, some of the bigger safety questions. So that's a great reminder for, for everyone. Well, I like um, that discussion too, Lisa, because a lot of some of our older ATVs may not have lights. And so then what do you do in that situation? And certainly you would not be out after dark um, on those vehicles that have no lights. Uh, that's illegal to be on the on the roadway with that. So we got to think about our equipment and maintaining the equipment. Like if, if one of the taillights is, is broken out or if it has no headlight, then you can't operate it after hours on a um, public roadway. That's just in the Ohio revised code that way. So switching over to, to some of the more traditional things that we think about like tractors and moving our combines on the roadway this time of year, um, what safety considerations should we think about first? I'll keep on with the Ohio Revised Code and what's in there as far as what our lighting um, requirements are is from sunset to sunrise um, is what they are suggesting um, that you have to have working lights. That's two red tail lights to the rear and headlights um, to the front. The amber flashing lights are common on a lot of our pieces of equipment. And so is extremity lighting. If you're operating dual wheeled tractors, um, the tires are more, you know, more than singles. You have either doubles or triples, then you need to mark that extremity. If you're moving wider pieces of equipment, um, you know, having the reflect of the amber flashers on that, uh, marking the width of that equipment. I'm thinking of a header on a, a, a combine header if you're keeping it intact as you're coming down the road, or if you take it off and put it on a, a trailer is always recommended, um, depending on the kind of roads that you're moving that equipment on. And then always the, um, the beloved SMV emblem that was created right here at Ohio State, 
Um, now, just as famous as those McDonald arches, people recognize that SMV as um, their early signal that they're approaching a slow moving vehicle. And uh, so having that intact and um, dusted off so that when you leave the field, uh, it, it's doing its job. That red retro reflective border is what's seen at nighttime and the orange um, fluorescent center is what's um, reflective by day. A point there to make sure that, you know, at the back of the vehicle, whatever that might be, or trailer, and also that it's cleaned off and visible when you leave the field, right? Yes. Make sure that that SMV and your lights are on the, the most rear um, implement that you're towing. If you're pulling wagons out of the field, it has to, you know, those those wagons need to have lights on them as well. Um, if you're operating at night. Now, if you're operating during the day, reflectors are a good idea. Um, but um, at night, it is after sunset, the lights are required that you have two red taillights and that SMV emblem. Um, during the day, the SMV is really all that's required by Ohio Revised Code is that you have a good visible SMV emblem. And uh, as you just said, you know, dusting it off, it, you're, you wipe off your, your uh, windshield as you're leaving the field and moving, uh, go ahead and dust off your SMV while you're out there. And something else I think that farmers are taking advantage of is um, adding lighting or even rear cameras, which can really help them see going down the road if someone's coming up when they're getting ready to make a left-hand turn. So there's a lot of that technology that's really affordable now that can be added to equipment too. Yeah, you bring up a really good point. Um, you know, we are sharing the roads with a lot of people that may not understand agriculture equipment and taking that left-hand turn is so dangerous for on behalf of the farmer to put themselves at risk by turning left. And so having the extra cameras um, and making sure that they're signaling uh, the best they can or hugging the road, the best, uh, the center line, the best they can before making that left-hand turn. Um, and, and at the same time, you know, I'm an advocate for the farmers because they have every right to be on that, on that road as well. It's called sharing the roadways. And so how do we share with our neighbors and, and make sure that it's, um, it's safe? Um, but I always tell farmers, uh, you know, you, you do not have to pull over. It's a courtesy that if you'd like to choose to pull over and let cars pass, but it's, um, some state highway patrols will say, stay in your lane and continue your course because that's where you are the safest. If you pull off to, you know, to motion people by, then you've just accepted responsibility that you're allowing other cars to pass. You're telling another car that it's okay to pass and maybe it wasn't, or they could, you know, have an injury and, and sue the farmer because they said, well, they said it was okay to do that. So a lot of times, you know, the farmers will, um, they'll want to wave a person by, or it's just best not to, to do that is for their own legal um, sake. Now, if you want to yeah. include escort vehicles, then that would be another um, friendly way to right to communicate to those uh, motorists that are out there on the roadway with you. Um, on our farm, we've started putting uh, an escort vehicle in the front of our convoy so that they can be an early detection of that there's farm machinery coming down the road and they'll see the flashers. Um, because a lot of times our crashes on in, on Ohio roads are front crashes, meaning they they did not see the width of a piece of equipment coming at them. They were just you know driving, maybe not paying attention. 
Um, and so we do have collisions from the front that are uh, fairly popular in our database. The, the rearward crashes, most of the time people can see a tractor coming, whether they have enough uh, time to slow down, the reaction time to slow down. But um, the front, just kind of thinking about how do you warn those um, oncoming traffic to your, to your wider equipment. Yeah, that's a great point to use that escort vehicle because it really is, um, you know, if you're wider than the road or wider than the double yellow and you're allowed to be doing that, but um, will people see that or not? That's a big concern. And through some of my pesticide trainings, um, we talked about roadway safety over the past few years, and I'd ask farmers to share, you know, what time of day they were moving or whether they move in a convoy or separate. And I think there's some advantages and disadvantages to each of those. And of course, moving time of day, that's knowing your area, your neighborhood. Um, Sunday morning seemed to be a popular time, but also not moving at 3 p.m. on a school day afternoon, you know. And then thinking about the convoy situation, um, a lot of farmers, I think, like to do that because of visibility, but um, they also recognize it can be really frustrating for people following them because it makes it really hard to pass. So in some conditions, it may be safer to spread those vehicles out so people have the opportunity to pass. And aren't taking undue risk because they're in a hurry. I don't know if you guys have thoughts on that. No, I think you're absolutely right. Um, most farmers know their communities that they're driving through and what the driving pattern is. Um, those mailboxes that are so close to the road and that they have to swerve around. And so you take all those into consideration when, you, when you're trying to decide what's the best time of day that you're going to be you know, crossing those uh, the yellow line um, or slowing people down. Um, I, I think you hit it on the head, Amanda, is that knowing your community and and escort vehicles um, either in front of you to alert or behind you to just slow some groups down. Um, I know the escort vehicles can sometimes even help whenever you're trying to make that left-hand turn or that that rear vehicle knows to put on their turn signal so that you're, you're kind of alerting the whole group of cars behind you that we will eventually be turning left into this next upcoming driveway and and helping them not get impatient back there. So yes, I would remind folks that that left-hand turn is one of the most dangerous uh, maneuvers with farm machinery because oftentimes if your equipment is large, you're going to have to veer to the right first before trying to make that left-hand turn, and that can confuse the person behind you. So I would also remind farmers that um, you should also uh, be using your hand signals as in addition to your lighted signals um, when you go to make those turns. And and if at all possible, trying to make eye, eye contact before you take that left-hand turn if you can. Um, I know that many times you've got such large equipment that it's not possible, but um, when it is possible, that will help. Well, Dee and Lisa, once again, it was great to have you guys. You've offered some great information for us to keep in mind as we hopefully wrap up harvest here over the next few weeks. Um, again, can you remind our listeners where they can go to find more information from the Ag Safety Team? Sure. You can visit our website. It's Ag Safety, that's A-G-S-A-F-E-T-Y dot 
osu.edu. And there we have um, some graphics on lighting and marking. We can explain the speed identification symbol and the extremity the extremity lighting, if you'd like to review any of that today. That's excellent stuff. Thank you guys so much. And then just um, a quick request for our listeners. We'd like to get some feedback from all of you about how we're doing, how you enjoy the podcast, whether the topics we're offering are relevant. And then if you have any topics you would like to hear us cover, um, you can find the link to the survey in the notes for this show. And then also keep an eye out on social media for that link as well. Thanks for listening today. and. Stay safe for the rest of harvest. Thanks for listening to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. Join us again in two weeks for our next episode.